Now, The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Hi there. Thanks for tuning in. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. Our show is brought to you in part by Denise Webster, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Services Modern Mortgage Group, and Lori Zorn, insurance manager for Island Savings. If you need an opinion from experts in insurance and mortgages, Denise and Lori are great people to chat with. Just visit the CFAX 1070 website and look under Shows to find us, The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe. There you'll find their contact information, or you can always find me online, and I'd be happy to introduce you. Also, if you're looking for an expert realtor to help purchase or help you with a purchase or sale of a property, you can always call me too. I'm a 26-year local veteran and a top agent with Remax Camosun, Victoria's most productive real estate brokerage. Today, I'm taking you on another trip to hear about real estate in other market areas. In the past, I've interviewed top agents from Vancouver, Calgary, uh, Toronto, uh, Duncan, Nanaimo, Comox Valley. I brought you to Phoenix, Seattle, and also to Belize as well, too. Uh, On this show, we'll be exploring the market areas of Fort McMurray, Alberta, Winnipeg, Manitoba, and Lake Muskoka in Ontario with guests Melanie Gallia, Jason Coward, and Heather Scott. You know, I think it's always important for people in my industry to have a look at market areas outside of their own, especially in a town like Victoria, where, uh, you know, most everyone here has come from another place. And it's always very handy for us to have a better understanding about what markets are doing outside of Canada. And for you, the listener, uh, the the other part of it, too, is if you're thinking of maybe an investment property or if you have uh, friends or family that are in these market areas that are maybe thinking of migrating over this way in Victoria, it's always good information to have. Usually at the beginning of the show, we start with a listener question, and I have a couple of good ones that I can't wait to put on air. However, uh, instead, I want to start our show today with a topical issue, and it has to do with what is going to happen in 2018 with the uh, federal government's uh, new stress test on mortgages. And of course, who we're going to ask about this mortgage stress test is our one and only mortgage broker extraordinaire, Denise Webster, who's on the line with us right now. Hey, Denise. Hey, Tony. Good to be here. Thank you. Great. Um, So this has had a lot of interest online. I'm getting a lot of hits on social media. I'm getting a lot of phone calls, uh, emails, and things like that. People are concerned about this. Tell the listeners about what's happening. What is this mortgage stress test all about? Well, it's our second stress test come in after a year uh, with the first one being a year ago for anybody with less than 20% down and now we've re- we're introducing the the next stress test so with anybody with 20% or more down it's now kind of uh, falling under those same guidelines rules of how to qualify for the mortgage so stress test being uh, we're going to be qualifying buyers at a higher rate not that they're going to be paying that in their mortgage payments but they have to qualify their application at a higher rate uh, one, either the Canada, Bank of Canada's benchmark rate, which is currently 4.99, uh-huh. or their current five-year fixed rate with a 2% premium added to that. So the higher of the two will be how they're qualifying. Okay, so that's right now that would be the plus two then, right? Yes, the plus 2% on, on whatever the going five-year fixed rate will be at the time. Okay, so let's just talk this through a sec here. So somebody wants to uh, have a mortgage. They have at least 20% down, so they don't need to have it insured. They don't need CMHC or exactly. Genworth or anything. they're not paying an insurance premium. They've, they've 
they've done the diligence to get to that 20% down. They can qualify with a 30-year amortization, yep. but yes, no insurance premium. So now, right now, a five-year rate, uh, people can get it for how much? Uh, we're kind of in the range of, you know, 339 3.5%. All right. So they're going to get their mortgage at, you know, 3.4 or whatever thereabouts. Yep. Uh, and that's what they're going to make payments on. But basically what the government is saying now is, you don't just qualify at that 3.4. You have to be able to qualify um, on 3.4 plus 2, so 5.4, right? 5.4, correct. All right. So let's just do that that quick math. Uh, I mean, qualifying, say a $500,000 purchase, they put their 20% down, so they've got 100 down. They're looking to qualify for a $400,000 mortgage. Mm -hmm. That qualifying payment is uh, on that that rate of 3.4 plus 2%. That qualifying payment is $2,231. Okay. But the actual payment they'd be paying is $1,976. That's a pretty big difference in actually what you're qualifying for. And that, you know, what we're kind of getting the feedback is, is that that's a reduction in their purchase power of about 20%. Yeah. So in other words, uh, whereas they could have bought a property for $500,000, now all of a sudden after January, they're only going to be able to qualify for well, something less. Yep. Four, yep. 400 and less. something thousand. Yeah. 400 plus a little bit. <laughs> yeah. So why is the government doing this? Um, I, I mean, the, the feeling was that the, it, they want to prepare Canadians uh, for increases in our, in our mortgage rates uh, to make sure that they are able to um, still, still pay that mortgage payment should rates get to that kind of range. Um, it was also, I think, a lot to do with the strong markets of our Toronto, Vancouver, even Victoria's feeling that um, maybe that it would slow down that market a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you kind of really are following some of the media on this, uh, it, the Canadian economy doesn't really support that that's the direction that rates are going to be that high. Mm-hmm. So it, there's a lot of mixed feelings out there. Um, it's, uh, you know, trying to reassure my buyers that, you know, in the likelihood that rates did go this high, are you comfortable paying a mortgage payment of that? But is the likelihood that we're going to see the rates get that high? I don't have the answer to that. Um, I'd like to think um, that, you know, what I am reading and seeing is, you know, a lot of people saying, no, it's, it's not going to, they're not going to get that high, but um, maybe this is just a precaution for it. Well, this, this is a whole new dialogue now because, you know, I, I would say, and, and you know better, I would say people generally will buy to the sort of uppermost range of their, of their affordability. Yes, I do see that. Yeah. Definitely. We, we are kind of getting our, our, our buyers, you know, trying to, especially in this market, mm-hmm. um, you know, trying to qualify right up at, the, up at their maximum ratio. And squeeze every dollar um, exactly. in that they can. Now, you said that this is the second time that a mortgage stress test has been applied because last October, this was added to people who had less than 20% down, right? Correct, yes. Okay, so what happened there? So when that stress test was applied, uh, what did you see with, with buyers back then? Um, I did actually have have to make some of those pretty hard phone calls because it was a very similar scenario of just decreasing their purchase power. So before the October a year ago stress test, um, those buyers with less than 20% down could still qualify at the five-year fixed rate. And back then, our fixed rates were as low as 2.4%, 2.5%. 
And that stress test suddenly jumped to say that they could no longer qualify at that posted rate, that um, two, that two and a half percent, and they qualified at the benchmark rate, which at the time was four point eight nine. Yeah, so it was it, almost the same effect of, of purchase power decreasing by about twenty percent. So obviously, you saw some people that all of a sudden were no longer able to buy. Yes, absolutely. Uh, And mostly in a market like we were experiencing in Victoria, Vancouver, Toronto, where, you know, that just pushed them right outside of the areas that they were wanting to buy in because, you know, reducing their purchase power by close to 100,000 was, I mean, they weren't in the running to be looking where they were originally looking. So did they look elsewhere? Some did. Uh, some, you know, I think some buyers might have given up. Yeah, okay, so, and that's the point, because it, it might mean they'd need to look elsewhere locationally, like maybe further out of town. They might need to right. go from a single-family house to a townhouse or a condo, right? Oh, yeah, and I mean, I'm, you're the first to say, I'm sure that you've seen a big push uh, in our condos. We've seen a, yeah. a lot of increase in our condo sales. Yeah, well, and it's, but that's also interesting because the same is true of Vancouver and Toronto. Like, their condo markets have, have gone crazy, right? I, 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 I do think that's a result of the stress test a year ago. Yeah, well, you know, I, I mean, I, I can say this because we've had people uh, say, well, you know, if the stress test comes in, people will be able to afford 20% less. I'm going to wait because I'm expecting prices to go down a whole bunch. Now, I don't see that, actually, because... When we're talking with people who are homeowners, they're taking on the position of, okay, well, you know, if uh, my million-dollar house doesn't sell uh, just because the stress test has been applied and buyers can only afford now 800000 from a million, that doesn't mean they're going to sell for eight hundred. They might just choose not to sell. Exactly, yeah. Uh, and I still think there's always still going to be buyers in these strong markets. It, the stress test will not stop. Um, the qualified buyers uh, are uh, overseas buyers. Um, just, you know, in general, there uh, there will be buyers. It's not going to force a seller to drop their purchase price. You're For right. Sure. Well, listen, Denise, uh, as always, people need to reach you. How can they do that? Phone me directly on myself, 250-889-4743, or send me an email to Denise at denisewebster.com. Thanks, Denise. Well, again, very timely information, very important, because there's a lot of questions surrounding this. So if anyone has these questions, get in touch with Denise. She is the person to ask. We're going to take a quick little break. We'll be back in just a moment. We'll be visiting Muskoka in Ontario. Back in a moment. You're listening to The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Hey there, thanks for tuning in. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. We like taking the listeners here across Canada and sometimes down in the States to see what other real estate markets are doing. And right now on the line, I have with me Heather Scott. Heather is a realtor in the area of Muskoka, uh, and this is in Ontario. Heather, thanks for joining us. Thank you so much. Yeah, Heather, you know, I, first of all, I, I have to make sure the listeners know, I still have not been to your neck of the woods, and, and I really must get there one of these days. I've seen pictures. I see all your posts. Uh, it is a beautiful place, right? Yes, it is. It's beautiful, it, and beautiful 365 days a year, summer and winter, but we're definitely known for our summer waterfront districts. Yeah, now um, let's talk a little bit about population. How, how big is the region there? Uh, Population-wise, we're not that big. Uh, not that big in the in the uh, the winter, uh, summertime. Our population quadruples. Uh-huh. Uh, we'll get up to sixty thousand um, in the in May through October months. But October through May, we're down to about twenty thousand um, or just below, with a bunch of smaller communities. Wow. That some only have two or three hundred people in them. 
Okay, so when the population explodes like that during the uh, you know the peak seasons, who is that? I mean, these these are the uh, folks from the GTA that are coming up, right? The majority are from the GTA. Uh, then we also have a small population that comes up from the northeastern United States. Oh. Uh, we also have some. Uh, I'm not sure what you would call them, but we have some that come from the the southern um, parts of California and where it's, you know, in the desert areas where it's so hot in the summertime, they come to Muskoka to to relax. And I think most of those are originally Canadians who have transplanted there for the winter months, but they still venture back to Muskoka to spend their summers. Well, that seems a little, that seems different to me because that's quite a distance to go from, from uh, isn't it? Yeah, interesting. Now, these, these are retirees, so they, you know, can spend full time. Mm-hmm. They'll come and spend two or three months and all at once and then go back to their their winter place. Well, you know, actually one thing I, I had noticed when I was doing a little bit of reading up in your area there uh, is that apparently there's a fair amount of celebrities that have retreats up in your neck of the woods. There are. We have, uh, we have quite a few. Um, they're very gracious. Uh, they're wonderful at supporting our local community. They support um, local charities. They're, you know, they offer themselves up for uh, fundraising events. Uh, Kurt and Goldie have been very popular in the area uh, for so, years. So that's that is a set of names that comes up often. Kurt Russell and Goldie Hunt. Yes. Yeah. Cindy Crawford has a beautiful um, island in Muskoka. Uh, George Clooney is a frequent visitor, so we've got uh, a fair share, and they're they're very good to us. Wow, wow! Yeah. So, so what what's the biggest appeal? I mean, it's cottage country, right? It's cottage country. There's a ton of history in Muskoka. A lot of Muskoka was founded with Pittsburgh steel money. Uh, that was a direct route that came up through the steamships, mm-hmm. um, and the the we have the RMS Seguin and the RMS. Winona, the Royal Mail ships, uh-huh. and those were the, the the first modes of transportation in Muskoka, and it was the ultimate. We had the most lavish resorts built uh, early in, the, in those days. Yeah. In those days, um, and funny enough, all of those original resorts all burned to the ground. Uh, <laughs> they had more staff than most of them had guests. Uh-huh. Uh, but the guests, when they came and they traveled, it was very lavish. Oh, yeah. But so they, they were doted on. That's right. Yeah. Uh, then, it, you know, the little local community couldn't support it the the other nine months of the year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, distance-wise, how far is it from uh, Toronto, downtown Toronto? Uh, from downtown Toronto, we're about two to three hours, depending on which side of the which part of the area you go to. So it's, it's desirable in that, that yeah. way. Um, we're, we're directly straight north. Mm-hmm. We've got great highway access. And now we are starting to offer a lot of the amenities and shopping and businesses that a lot of GTA goers are used to. Yeah, so, so guessing that a lot of uh, folks from Toronto there are probably just, that's their weekends in the summer, right? Cruising that's up to Muskoka. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And some of them, it's still their weekends in the winter. 
Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I mean, here we are. We're on an island. We're on Vancouver Island. You've been here, of course. Yeah. And, uh, you know, in, in many ways, we have similar things, too. People go up island, you know, during long weekends or during weekends, or they have a cabin, yeah. you know, uh, up in other areas. And sometimes it is two or three hours or sometimes more. So actually, in the grand scheme of things, especially from a metropolitan center like Toronto, that's not too far. It's, no, you know what? It's not far. And the pace of things just, you know, it, it slows just that little bit that where you can be a little more laid back um, and you can you can just relax and enjoy yourself. Nice. Uh, we're on the line right now with Heather Scott, who is with Forest Hill Real Estate in Muskoka. We're talking about her beautiful region that everyone talks about. In fact, uh, I noticed that it was ranked number one for best trips in 2011 by National Geographic uh, and was among the best trips in 2012 as well. So obviously people are talking about it. That's correct, yes. Yeah. Let's talk about prices. Uh, if someone would like to buy something there, what's the range? What are we looking at? If there is a massive range. Uh, you can still get into an entry-level cottage, which is a true cottage cabin that is for use only in the summertime. Rustic, completely water. rustic. Very, very rustic. Yeah. On a small lake, we'll start at around $500,000. And then we go up to uh, last week, we had that was fourteen million. Oh, okay. So, yeah. so how does that sit in the grand scheme of high end properties? Like, does it get higher than that? There are higher than that. There, yeah, there are much higher than that. Mm-hmm. That was one of the highest sales this year. Yeah. Well, um, and tell us about that. What 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 does fourteen million get today? Fourteen million is almost is that was we could describe that as a castle on the hill. Okay. That had beautiful infinity edge pools looking out with the most stunning sunset views, um, you know, 6,000 square feet, stone building, impeccable landscaping, wow. and every amenity you could ask for. And, and I'm guessing that probably was not a full-time resident, right? No, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> it would have a helipad. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, we, we, we sometimes need to remember, too, I mean, when you look at some of the areas in Toronto, like uh, Bridal Path, right, is, is one of them? Yeah. Um, there right. are properties there that are $50 million, so, you Absolutely. know. That's right, correct. I guess it's all kind of relative, right? It is. We see the majority of, um, you know, our popular price point is between $1.5 and $2.5 million. Okay. That's where we'll see, on average, around... 60 sales a year of those properties. Yep. Um, anything that's over $3 million will probably this year, or up until uh, this date, we've only seen about 15 of those change hands. Interesting. So kind of 1.5 s- to 2.5 is, is really the, the Pop- hot spot. Popular. Sort of like us here in Victoria uh, as well, too. Um, who uh, is, do you see any any Westerners? I mean, we just you just talked about the Californians and all that, but um, who are your buyers who are coming? We do have some Westerners. Um, I we have some from the Vancouver area uh-huh. and uh, Calgary as well. Those have been the two um, two biggest centers that have brought us brought us buyers. Interesting. And then, so, Heather, who are your buyers? Uh, are you getting a lot of interest from uh, the foreign buyers, Europeans or Asians? We are. Not so much the Europeans, more of the Asians. Uh-huh. Uh, they're interested in a different type of property, though, than uh, some of our regular GTA buyers. Uh, they are um, happier with the more elevated properties being higher up from the water. Uh, 
they don't seem to want to have the same access to the water. swimming. Okay. Yeah, to the water. They can be a little bit further away from it or a little bit further back, whereas traditional GTA buyers, they want to be right up close and almost jump in. in the water all the time. Yeah. Great. Uh, Heather, listen, if people need to reach you, how can they do that? What's, your, what's the best number to call? Uh, the best number to call is 705 Six four four zero two seven two. And your website? And reach me. My website is morethancottages.com. Great. Well, I, the other thing I know, too, is you do a lot of driving because you posted online the other day that you can drive <laughs> 30,000 K in a year, right? Uh, oh, oh sorry, in a month. In a month. In a month. Yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> yeah we, we do that in a year here. Anyways, Heather, thanks for, <laughs> thanks for coming. Thanks You're for joining welcome. us. Uh, that's Heather Scott from Forest Hill Real Estate in Muskoka. We're going to take a quick little break. When we come back, we'll be looking at Fort McMurray. Back in a moment. You're listening to The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Hi there. Thanks for tuning in. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. Our show is brought to you in part by Denise Webster, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Services Modern Mortgage Group, who was on the line just a little bit earlier today talking about the mortgage stress test. And also, Lori Zorn, insurance manager for Island Savings. If you're looking for advice on mortgages and insurance, please be sure to get in touch with either Lori or Denise. You can find their contact information on our website, which is cfax1070.com. Just look under shows and you'll find us, the whole home show with Tony Joe. There you'll find their contact information, or you can always get in touch with me as well, too. Also, if you have a real estate question you'd like answered on our show, visit the website again, uh, or you can call our hotline, which is 250-414-6540. And if you're a podcast listener, you can find our podcast, The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe, either on iTunes or Google Play. On the line with us right now, representing Fort McMurray, is my good friend from Remax, Melanie Gallia. Melanie, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Uh, Melanie, um, I want to start just by talking about what happened not that long ago, because in May of 2016, this wildfire happened in your marketplace. Yeah, it did. Um, certainly not anything anybody was ever ready for, and uh, something I hope that your listeners never, ever experience. Although BC had their fair share of wildfires too this summer, and you guys spent a good portion of the summer under smoke. So I think lots of people could relate to what happened in Fort McMurray. We did. I mean, we we had haze for some time. I was in Kamloops uh, teaching uh, a couple of months back, and they were saying they had the worst summer ever because, you know, the air quality was low. You know, they couldn't see 10 feet in front of them. Now, Fort McMurray, um, that I believe that's the biggest wildfire in Canadian history, right? It is, yeah. yeah. And it lasted, because it only was fully extinguished like a couple of months ago. Like, it, it was 15 months. Um, it, 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 uh, it officially ended in August or something, right? Yeah, yeah, that, that was true. So it's not like it was burning around the city. No, you know, for us, it was essentially, it was done, I'd say, you know, in, in June, mm-hmm. you know, like, but the, but the biggest impact was definitely... Um, it was definitely those those first weeks of May. Now, and there was a lot of loss. So I read somewhere that something like one-fifth of um, the houses in the city were, were leveled, right? I, I don't think it's, Tony, actually, I don't think it's that high. Okay. Um, it was about 2,800 structures. Yeah. So that means, like, like sometimes we've got some detached garages here. Um, there's a couple of businesses affected as well. And, um, but mostly it was like, it was definitely, you know, homes 
And there was even one section of town that the the fire department chose to bulldoze some homes down because it, it definitely saved a section of the city if they didn't do that. Yeah. Uh, you know, you were posting photos. I, I saw pictures um, at that time, and, you know, words cannot describe. I mean, just looking at pictures, you were there. So uh, I, I was can, there. I can only imagine. What, but, you, you know, I mean, this is a real estate show. We talk about houses. Um, yeah. You know, one of the actually one of the questions I, I want to ask you is, I know yeah. that a lot of your colleagues in real estate in Fort McMurray packed up and moved elsewhere. Yeah, some did. And you, on the other hand, stayed, and I have to say you are probably one of the most ardent supporters of Fort McMurray and the whole rebuilding um, uh, of that town because you you are a Fort Mac um, champion. Yeah, well, I do try. I love it here. It's uh, winter may be here, but I'll tell you, it's the people. There's, I cannot describe to you the, the people here. You know, people, it drives us all crazy, people that are from here and and the bashing that goes on about our city. But if you spent any time here and lived here, the people that really embrace this town, like it's a great place. So it it was a no brainer for me, a no brainer because, you know, anything I could do to help and, and, um, and get people going. Uh, One thing I would say, Tony, is I would get your listeners to to start doing a couple of things for themselves. Um, Take pictures and video at least once a year Mm-hmm. and store it on the cloud of everything you own. Oh, yes. And also make copies and have them on the cloud of receipts of big major purchases that you have. Mm-hmm. Because I've got clients that are literally arguing with their insurance company still about the size of their house. Yeah. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. So some people have had some really, really good experiences, and there's been some people that have been some bad, had some really bad experiences with their insurance company. So, you know, my heart goes out to those people. It's overwhelming and it's horrible. They've lost their home and now they have to go through dealing with some of the insurance companies. So make sure you have enough coverage because even what you think is enough, you know, if, if a, an entire city needs to be rebuilt. Wow. Oh yeah. It's That's bad. a different story. Cause it's not a one-off. It's not a one-off situation. It's an entire town. So I, I'm sure they're just picking up yeah. the pieces still right now. Right. Yeah, there's, there is, you know, it was, it's pretty cool. Um, this section, uh, by the golf course, our major, or one of our two major golf courses was hit pretty bad. And, you know, driving by there all the time, it's, it's really good to see the rebuild happening. Um, that's a very, very active area. Um, and one of the older sections, two older sections of town where it was absolutely hit the worst, um, called Beacon Hill and Abbasand, the, the houses there, wow. Like they're just like, the whole entire area looks so, so different. Wow. So different. Wow. Well, so, you know, you have, you have those things to deal with, you know, people that have older homes to sell in an area with new houses. So it's, uh, it's, been, it's been a challenging market in the last year and a half. Yeah, but generally speaking, it's busy. So, so let's shift now. We're on the line right now with Melanie Gallia, who is in, she's at REMAX in Fort McMurray. Um, you know, let's talk about the marketplace a little bit because uh, it's an oil sands town, right? Yes. Uh, so there's a lot of industry there, and your price, tell us about your prices, because they're high. They're not as high as they were, though. They definitely have come down in the last, I'd say, at least $150,000 in the last year and a half, two years. All right, so what's the average so, price for a house there right now? Okay, let me just pull up my stats. <laughs> I knew you were going to ask me this question. Um, so for the busiest area of town, which we kind of nicknamed north of the bridge, mm-hmm. it's 623000 yeah. That's the average for this year so far. Yes. But last year was six fifty five. Yeah. So, you know, we're, we're, seeing, we're seeing a drop. But 
you know, our, our days on market are lower and um, we're actually, we're almost the exact same amount of houses that are sold this year and last year, which is pretty amazing because we lost a good month and a half of, of, uh, of time to sell last year. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, but we're not at the end of the year yet. So I expect that number to move past um, the amount of sales that there were last year. And, and we're just going to keep moving forward. There's, there's still people moving here. Yeah. Well, you know, there's it, still people relocating, coming to the oil sands for work because there's there's still work here. Yeah. Well, so so this is the thing, because uh, I mean, yeah, Fort McMurray, it's kind of remote, and uh, you know, other maybe than to visit you, I don't think I'd have a, a reason necessarily to go to go visit there. <laughs> Uh, um, but you know, when you, when you think about that, but those are high prices, but a lot of that is driven by, um, the wages that are happening there too, right? Yes. But, but I will tell you with the, with the recession, the wages have changed. You know, the bo- the big bonuses that, that used to happen and the living allowance is, you know, those, all those cutbacks have happened. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's really good to see though the oil over $50 a barrel. That's definitely going to help our town for sure. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Because the, the economy of the town is, is really closely linked to the, to the cost of, uh, of oil. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. All right. Yeah. And, uh, and you're not originally from there cause you're, f- you're from Ontario. I'm from Ontario, Oshawa, just outside of Toronto. And what brought you to Fort Mac? Um, I think what brings most women is uh, is they move for a guy. Okay. <laughs> out, but, right. but, you know, I fell in love with this place and I chose to stay here. Yeah. You know, I, I could have left when the relationship didn't work out, but yeah. I've got great friends here. I love the golf. There's an amazing golf course here. Yeah, but um, you're but you're not teeing off on, on New Year's Day like we are over here. Oh, you had to go there, did you, buddy? You had <laughs> to go there. <laughs> When, when does the weather start shifting for you? Are you uh, you're not snowy yet, right? Yeah, we are. As a, right about now, I will have snow pretty much until March, the beginning of March. Yeah, for sure. yeah. And population wise, uh, what are you? Is it something like eighty thousand or something, right? It's it's probably about that. They said at the fire that it's about eighty was about eighty eight thousand. Okay. We have seen a decrease in our population for sure, um, but you know, I think that's to be expected when you see something like this happen. Well, you know, I, I think the moral of the story here is it's amazing the resolve that people have when they get together and rebuild a town. Mm-hmm. I mean, in Alberta, like the floods in Calgary, my goodness, uh, the town was up and running for Stampede. That's just the Albertan way. Hey, listen, uh, Melanie, people need to reach you. How can they do that? What's the best number? Um, 780-715-4621 or look me up uh, soldbymelanie.ca because we live in Canada. Great. Melanie, thanks for joining us. Uh, Love chatting with you. And uh, for our listeners, that's a little bit about Fort McMurray. We're going to take a quick little break. When we come back, we'll be talking about Winnipeg. Back in just a moment. You're listening to The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Hey there, thanks for tuning in. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. We're going on a trip today. We've had a chance to chat with Heather Scott in Muskoka, Ontario, about cottage country. We were just chatting with Melanie Gallia at Remax in Fort McMurray, having a little chat about the wildfires that happened there, along with what their real estate market is like and the rebuilding of their community. And right now we have with us on the line Jason Coward, who is with Living Real Estate. He's in Winnipeg. Jason, thanks for joining us. 
Hey, thanks, Tony. It's uh, great to hear from you, and thanks for having me on. Always, always. Now, uh, Jason, first of all, uh, full disclosure, I have to tell you this, because you guys haven't had a chance to listen. Uh, you and your wife, Lynn, have not had a chance. Who's, you guys are both friends of mine. Uh, you haven't had a chance to listen to our show because we're here in Victoria, but uh, listeners will know that I usually use Winnipeg as the town where, um, you know, we say, oh, people want to move to Victoria. Who'd want to move to Winnipeg? Uh, so yeah, that, I hear, hear that all the time. Okay, <laughs> and and so I I I would like you uh, today to tell us about Winnipeg and uh, you know let's face it a lot of the listeners here in Victoria actually have come from Winnipeg or Manitoba. Absolutely. You, yeah. you know Victoria is one of these towns where not a lot of people were born and raised here. Everyone has has come here from another place. Um, I have been now to Winnipeg a couple of times. You know, you guys were nice enough to have me over uh, to your house and uh, have me as uh, as your guest. So I got a chance yeah, to. Yeah, we enjoyed the visit. Yeah, and and you know what? Just it nice to always see other towns, other areas, and and things like that. Uh, you know, in all these years, I've been talking badly about um, Winnipeg. My tune is very different now because I've been there and I know people there like you guys. Uh, what's going on right now in the Winnipeg marketplace? Well, you know, Tony, that's, it, those are comments that we hear all the time. And, you know, it's easy to make those kind of comments, but you're absolutely right. Once people get a chance to, to get their boots on the ground in the city, they see that it's, uh, we've seen tremendous growth over the last uh, dozen years or so. And, and the city is, is really enjoying, you know, one of its best uh, periods in its entire history. It's, a, it's really a great place to be, especially if you're planning on, you know, investing in real estate. Um, 2016 was was the best year for uh, sales numbers and sales volume in the 114 uh, year history of the board. So uh, you know there was lots to celebrate last year, and 2017, dis- despite all the you know the regulations and stuff that are making things a little bit more t- difficult for people to buy properties, uh, we're right on the heels of our 2016 numbers. So. So it's really, you know, it's been a good couple of years. So, you know, when you talk about 2016 being a really strong year, the question comes to mind, where are people coming from? Like, obviously, a lot of these sales will be within Winnipeg, people selling in one area, buying in the next. But surely there are uh, also people coming in from other areas, right? Well, yeah. You know, I guess, you know, as far as Western Canada goes, we are seeing people migrate back from areas uh, in Alberta and, and that kind of thing back to uh, back to Winnipeg mm-hmm. and also uh, you know the provincial government has a really strong um, uh, program in place to bring uh, people in from outside the country mm-hmm. so we're seeing you know population growth you know the province as a whole we're bringing in about 20,000 people a year and between 12 and 15,000 of those people are coming directly into Winnipeg and the greater capital region so that definitely has uh, you know, pushed growth, and that's been happening since about 2010. Yeah, you know, I have to say, I, in in my in my recent experiences in Winnipeg, it hits actually a nifty, funky uh, sort of um, uh, cultural town. No doubt, no doubt about it. Absolutely, it's culturally diverse, and it's it's always been that way. I think uh, just you know, with the advent of technology, people sharing uh, you know the things that are going on and, and what's happening. It's just it's spreading exponentially. But, uh, you know, Lynn and I, we just took a train ride from Winnipeg out to Vancouver, and we got to meet uh, a lot of people that were traveling the country. And, uh, you know, th- that was one of the uh, main 
things that they picked up from Winnipeg is the fact that it is so culturally diverse. And, and that was, it was nice to hear as a native Winnipegger to hear those kind of comments coming out of people's mouths. You know, and, and it, I got to say, it was a little strange for me to notice because, I mean, here we are. We come from uh, Western Canada. Vancouver is very culturally diverse, right? Sure. And, you know, I, I'm used to this, right? And I've been used to this growing up, actually, even here in Victoria. But to actually see it in Winnipeg, it was it was refreshing. I mean, it um, there's a lot of stuff going on. And shifting a little bit now, uh, food. My goodness, it's a foodie town. It is, yeah, no question about it. We have, uh, we, well, of course, we got all the the big names throughout the, the country, all the big chains and everything. But we also have like the, the Filipino community, uh, the Thai community, the Chinese community, uh, French, the Ukrainians. Like we have, we have famous pierogi restaurants. We have poutineries all over the place. Like it, it really is. Uh, there's no shortage of, uh, of great places to go and get, um, you know, affordable eats. And the one place that I, I really enjoyed was the Forks. Yeah, no question about it. It's kind of, it's kind of the crown jewel. Yeah. And it has well, and it, actually, let's, let's tell the listeners, anyone who, who doesn't know what it is, uh, explain it to them. Yeah. Well, um, Winnipeg kind of started right around where the two rivers intersect. It's the Cinnaboyne River that flows east-west and the Red River that flows north-south. And there was a lot of trading that originally went on there. And then over the years, the industrialization uh, period, you know, they built all kinds of large... Uh, uh, buildings down there. About 30 years ago, the city started developing those buildings and turning them into uh, markets. So, uh, and it's constantly evolved over the years. So now, people that are coming into Winnipeg or Winnipegers themselves can head down to the Forks and and really enjoy, you know, a wonderful day. There's kids museum down there. Of course, we have the new federal um, uh, the Human Rights Museum. The Human Rights Museum, which is just uh, an amazing feat of technology and, and, uh, and an amazing experience to, to get in there. So, and we have a new baseball park down there, relatively new, and of course the new hockey arena not too far from there. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, it's just, it's the hub of activity in Winnipeg, and, and right close to there is, you know, a con- uh, convention center that just had the recent, like, $150 million expansion, and and the concert hall, and all these theaters. So it's, uh, it's just, you know, it's a really cool place to 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 hang out now you know for for a for a good sized town i have to say the thing about downtown as well is it's very walkable because i i walked from uh the hotel downtown to the forks to the human rights museum to um the um uh, legislature like everything it's everything's close by yeah no question about it you know you might not want to walk down there when it's minus 25 out there <laughs> going around but you know what? If, if you're a hardy soul, you can certainly uh, you you can make your way around that area um, twelve months a year, no question about it. We're on the line right now with Jason Coward from uh, Living Real Estate in Winnipeg. Uh, let's talk about prices now, Jason. Uh, okay. What are people paying for homes in the Winnipeg area? Well, Winnipeg remains one of the most affordable cities in Canada. Um, we are we're seeing condos in 2017 third quarter averaging uh 240,000 243,000 um the biggest price range for sales is between 150 to 200,000 so if you want to get into a condo like a two bedroom 1000 square foot condo in Winnipeg it's going to cost you kind of between 
you know, two hundred to two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Okay. Okay. So let's hold on to that. Let's hold that thought for a second. So, (laughs) little Victoria here, um, there is nothing for two hundred thousand dollars. So, if you're looking at a two bed, two bath, are you talking newer or older, or just like a a basic? You know what? Variety actually. uh, There's there's a tremendous amount of supply. Okay. Uh, So you can walk right into uh, brand new and 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 pick out what you want of course you know relatively speaking if you if you want to max out the square footage and max out your uh, options you know you're probably climbing up into that three hundred thousand dollar range but uh yeah. but absolutely so right, right now in victoria it's hard to find a two bed two bath condo um below four hundred thousand yeah. yeah yeah so a lot of cities in western canada you know that's the case yeah um Not let's talk Mexico. let's talk about houses Okay, um, Winnipeg housing, you know, we, we call it a balanced market, but I think uh, if, if we weren't to list another house, uh, we would be out of houses in the next two months. So um, housing prices in Winnipeg, average house price, $320,000. And that really, it's kind of a deceptive number because in some neighbourhoods, the average price is, you know, 450000 Other neighbourhoods, 750000 Um uh, but there's still, you know, there's affordability out there. There are some neighborhoods where you can get into the uh, starter home for, you know, 200, 250,000. Well, and, but there's also the neighborhood that you drove me past with all the large properties that back onto the river, right? The Assiniboine River, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And they are, you can buy a $2 million house in Winnipeg too, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think 2016, of course, we set all kinds of records in 2016, but I think there was a, there were something like 21 properties over a million dollars sold last year, and I think we're up to seven this year. And the latest one sold for 1.41 million, I believe. But there's, yeah, there's uh, that area in particular. Tuxedo average price 750,000. And uh, what would be the top end of the marketplace uh, right now? Like the most expensive home. Jeez, wow, Tony, you're throwing me a hard one here. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure. You know what? I I think that. Uh, I think we're talking about five million. Yeah. Well, this is, so the point is, even in a marketplace like uh, Winnipeg, where where prices are lower, there are still. And I have driven by. You know, you took me by that neighborhood, and my goodness, it is lovely. It is. Um, it's a beautiful place. Like large, stately homes, large properties, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. We're talking. These homes would have been built. Um, you know, in the around the turn of the century, uh, right in the heart of the city on river property and, and massive lots, and, and we're talking you know, 5,000 to 10,000 square foot homes, you know, they're, they're, they're mansions and they're, um, they're a lot of them are, uh, you know, some of the, of course, they're the most exclusive properties in the city. Yeah. Okay. I hope you don't mind. Let's talk about your house. You know, um, I went to go visit you. You, you were selling it. You've sold it since, right? That's right. Yeah. Okay. How much did you sell the house for? We sold the house for uh Okay. So the reason why I want to bring that up is for our listeners, you've got a beautiful home. You renovated everything. Um, You've beautiful gourmet kitchen because you are a a gourmet. I like to think so. Yeah. yeah, um, (laughs) You've got the wine bar because you are a sommelier as well, too. Um, Yeah, well-rounded, well-rounded. Yeah, you've got, you had the rec room. You had everything, like beautiful uh, flooring, bathrooms, uh, and an in-ground pool in a beautiful yard. I would have to say in, uh, for instance, if it was in Saanich, that same house 
right now would probably be maybe around 1.6 or 1.7. Yeah. Yeah, and that that's the price differential because I, I I get a sense that that's a nice neighborhood as well too, um, having just dro- uh, driven through your your old house neighborhood there, right? It is, yeah. It's a it's a nice neighborhood. We're actually most of the houses in the neighborhood are kind of in that you know three seventy five to four twenty five range. We just you know we had a really unique uh, um, property location, yeah, and property size and of course all the upgrades the nice upgrades that we did well Jason thanks for coming online here listen if anyone needs to get in touch with you about Winnipeg what's the best number to call Uh, well you can call me direct um, on my personal line 204-880-5451 and website and website can reach us at livingrealestate.com That's great. Well, Jason Coward from Winnipeg at Living Real Estate, thanks for joining us. And to our listeners, thanks for listening in. This episode, we've had conversations on Muskoka, Fort McMurray, and Winnipeg. We'll be here for you guys this time next week. See you then.